Hello and welcome to Theatre Club Podcast. We bring you theatre news, theatre booze, and theatre reviews. I almost forgot what we did. I also flipped it around that time, didn't I? Oh, with booze man. in the middle. I still want to end with booze because we've not done a cocktail. We did a cocktail for the last episode. Did um, we? Yeah, I remember we went to see, um, what did I do the cocktail for? Flowers for Mrs. Harris. Oh yeah, because oh, no, I remember you. episode you'd... before last, even. Yeah, we didn't do one last one. I you... made the lavender syrup. I remember that. See, the problem is our last recording and this one, the morning ones, and it's um, we need to get back to doing an evening record so we can get booze in. Let's do a Christmas one when we're back home for the holidays. Yes, absolutely. Okay, well, welcome to another episode of Theatre Club Podcast. There won't be a cocktail, but we do have three <laughs> exciting shows to talk about in this episode. I went to see The Witches, the brand new musical production of the Roald Dahl classic at the National Theatre. We both went together to see the new play at the Almeida called Cold War, directed by Rupert Gould. And I went to see something which I don't think I've told you I've been to see, actually. So the other day, I had a Wednesday free. Was like, I need to, like, going to find what matinee is on, or was it Thursday? I can't remember which. I think, I think we've... I think it's clear that all your days are free. Yeah. You've lost track of everything. You're not working. And yeah. you so, say, I had a Wednesday free. All your days are free. Currently, all my days are free. <laughs> um, so yeah, I thought I'm going to go see some matinees. So I went to see The Phantom of the Opera. What? Yeah. You know, I'm always talking about it. Like I would really kind of like to see it. So I just went. You're not always talking about it, by the way. You're not. I've mentioned it before, though, that I would like to see it. But it's like, because it's been on for so long. Um, so I went to see it on, I, my, on my own, just me and tourists from all over the globe. I love it, that you're doing that with your time off, though. That yeah. is a fun thing to go and do. And I am, I'm not really that interested in the show, but I'm interested to know mostly about the wigs. <laughs> well, I'll tell you all about that. So those are our three shows are they to dusty? talk about. <laughs> I'll tell you all about it in this episode of Third Club Podcast. Um, talking about like classic musicals, though, the we had Strictly Musical Week. I don't know if anyone's watching Strictly. Oh, Did yeah. you watch? Oh, yeah, we watched it together. We watched the Saturday night together. And it was a bit of a snooze. It's just, I felt it was really dated mm. to do a Beauty and the Beast number, a number from Wicked, which was all too dark. The lighting was terrible. We had a Moulin Rouge number, which is currently on in the West End. Dirty Dancing is not a musical. It's a... A dance movie. It's like saying that's like saying Save the Last Dance is a musical. No, there it's is not. a musical version of it though. Yeah, which we went to see on stage, and I wouldn't even call that a musical. It that was a play with music. It's yes. not a musical. I just felt it all felt a bit I wanted someone to be doing, I don't know, a waltz to like helpless from Hamilton, like make it feel a bit current. Like this is the modern age of musicals. Uh, Why was but... Bobby doing dirty dancing? He's young. He should have been doing something to like Dear Evan Hansen. They could have done a really nice dance to like For Forever. You know, I like think, a sort Oscar, of lyrical. You need to remember that Strictly Come Dancing is for the masses. It is for the masses, but I do feel like they're not going to know what they're yeah, not going to know what Dear Evan Hansen is. These things are touring the country. Hamilton's currently on a UK tour. It's like zeitgeist. I feel like just give us something to make it feel current. A bit of a shame, and it didn't feel like it wasn't exciting. Current no, British it wasn't that exciting. Musical or even current Broadway. It felt a bit bleh. Mm. Anyway, so yeah, that was that. That was a a bit of a letdown. Musicals week, it which was. I was looking forward to. Yeah. Anyway, Let's get into your top tip then. I don't really have a top tip, but I did want to talk about um, Sadler's Wells at the moment because there's a lot uh, to book. Yes, chorus year. Line has just gone on sale. Oh yes, the Chorus Line, which was the production that came from the Leicester Curve and it was supposed to be really, really good. And Adam Cooper, who is um, an amazing dancer, actor, 
Uh, he's starring in it. Oh, cool. Yeah, he was great in Singing in the Rain. That'll be really good. So I think that's going to be a hot, a really hot ticket. Book chorus line. Maybe listen to some of the songs beforehand. I don't really know that much about the show, but I know some of the songs. So yeah, I've booked that for August next year, 2024. Yeah. And the other thing that I wanted to mention is in January, so like 2024, like in a couple of months... Alina Kojikaru is doing a production of La Strada. Remind me who Alina Kojikaru is again. Alina Kojikaru was a principal at the Royal Ballet. Oh, okay. And then she left and she went to the English National Ballet. Mm -hmm. Her, I believe her husband or her boyfriend, um, was also a principal at the Royal Ballet, which is Johan Koiberg. Okay. And her and Johan are an amazing partnership and Mm. I've seen them dance before. She is so... She has the sweetest face. Yeah. And the just she looks like a little doll. Um, and she's just she's just like what you think of when you think of a, like a ballerina. Yeah. And is she in this new production or is it, did you sorry, I did you say she's choreographed it? She's presenting it. Okay. And it's a full length I'll, I'll read you out the thing. It says a full length evening of his ex- exquisite dance based on Fredico Finelli's nineteen fifty four film La Strada. Oh, and I saw a musical based on La Strada at the Southern uh, the Other Palace. Ooh. So I actually know what that is. I've not seen the original movie, but I saw the kind of musical based on it. I think there was some... Maybe she joins the circus, I seem to remember. There was kind of cool circusy, folky things. That will, It sounds like that would work really well as a ballet, from what I know of La Strada. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so that's on the 25th of January until the 28th of January. So that's just five nights. Oh, yeah, there's some such good stuff coming up. The New York City Ballet are coming, which I've never seen before. They don't come to the UK very often. Mm. Um, so I'd really like to see them. They're doing like a mixed bill in March, I think. With Again, they're doing a piece with the music of James Blake. Um, remember we saw the Forsyth evening where they did the Blake oh, yes. works. I wonder what that connection is to why his music is being used in ballet so mm. much. Interesting. So I'd like to see them. Then there's two different Carmens. Um, two different ballets of Carmen, obviously Carmen's an opera. So the English National Ballet are doing one that's quite modern and different and like sort of contemporary meets classical. And then Carlos Acosta's company is doing his version of Carmen, which he first did at the Royal Ballet. You probably saw that one, did you? I did. Which again, I think was a slightly modern take on it. So there's two different Carmens. His one's in July, the Carlos Acosta one. And I think it's end of March, beginning of April is the English National. National Ballet. Um, what else did I see? Northern Ballet's Romeo and Juliet, which apparently is very, very, um, it's like their sort of most prestigious production. It was from 1991. And it's it's like apparently very, very good. Really? Kind of, yeah. Which I've, is it traditional? Would yeah, you say? it's a traditional, from what, I, from what I know, I've not seen it. But it's it's always been really well reviewed. I really like Northern Ballet. Yeah. And then finally, the other thing that I saw that I really liked there was, which we have seen before, is Scottish Ballet's A Streetcar Named Desire. Oh my God! Wasn't that great when we saw it a few years ago? So I've that is seen coming... it twice. Oh, did you see it twice? I love it. So good. So that's coming back only from the 16th to the 19th of May. So a short... Everybody sure book, everybody book this ballet. It's, it's really done, cool. It's done in a really cool way. The set's really cool. Um, the music's amazing. The dancing's, you know, it's not traditional. It's, feels it's contemporary. It's really good. It feels contemporary. It's really cool. Classical ballet. Yeah. yeah. And I, the first time I saw it, I hadn't ever seen a streetcar named Desire um, on stage. So I was, that's the first kind of time I 
learnt the story. So it'd be interesting having seen it now twice on stage as a play. I'll know it much better, which is it is always helpful in ballet to to know the to story. know what's happening. Yeah, I studied um, Streetcar Named Star at school, and no. I'd seen the film. So yes, yeah, so I'd never seen any of it, oh. so it was all brand new to me when we saw it. Have you seen the film now? No, I still have never watched the film with Marlon Brando. Yeah, I've never seen it. And his tight white t-shirt. I've only seen it on stage. (laughs) So yeah, there's loads of cool stuff coming up at Sadler's Wells. And it's all on sale now. Yeah, we always, we like to sit, if we're going for cheap seats, at the back of the first circle. They're usually about £30. But for a streetcar, we'll have to maybe, I don't know whether to spend 45 and then you can get kind of middle of the stools for £45. I probably will for streetcar because I I know that I really like that piece. So I'm I'm not going to think, I can't believe I spent 45 quid on that. It's worth it. Yeah. Okay. And we're both going to Sadler's Wells this month to see Edward Scissorhands, yes. which is the Matthew Bourne Ballet, the Christmas That's show. That's the big Christmas show, yeah. Um, which is going to be... Um, I've seen that it's on tour. I think it started in Manchester. Yes, he does and usually tour his things, doesn't he? The reviews have been good. So I'm excited Ooh. to see that. Okay, well, let's get into our theatre reviews. And shall I start by telling you about The Witches at the National Theatre? So The Witches is a brand new musical based on Roald Dahl's book, The Witches. Mm. This is the National Theatre's big Christmas show. It's opened now and it's running until the 27th of January. Book and lyrics by Lucy Kirkwood and music and lyrics by Dave Malloy. Dave Malloy is quite experimental. We went to see that show called Preludes at the Southern Playhouse about Rat Maninoff. It was like a sort of crazy fever dream of Rachmaninoff. It was all like neon lights. It was really strange. I remember how bonkers that was. So he's done the music for this, which is quite unusual. But then I guess if you think about Matilda, which is going to be the obvious comparison, they had a a stand-up comedian do the music for that in Tim Minchin. So, you know, this feels like they're trying to maybe find a similar unique because Roald Dahl is quite not edgy but you know that's he's got a a, a real style so I like that they've they've put an interesting um team together um and it's directed by Lindsay Turner choreography by Stephen Meir and set and costume design by Lizzie Clatchen so yeah this is their big new production it looks like they've put like you know a good amount of money into this it's on at the Olivier Theatre so it's lovely big like the set's really cool it's got kind of around the proscenium arch it's like the witch's kind of claws although they look sort of maybe like broken branches but then when sort of big scary moments happen they they all move in and the sort of big claws come down onto the stage and stuff so the set's really cool there's like a big revolve we're mostly at for anyone who knows the witches we're mostly at the hotel that they go to oh because they're there for a convention yeah that's right i'm remembering the film now with angelica houston yes so this version is it started off the the opening's really good. I was really like pleasantly surprised. It opens with all these sort of seemingly normal looking women with normal looking jobs, but then they're actually witches and it's all about how you don't know who is a witch and what a witch looks like. And it's actually quite it's it's a really good opening number and I was like, Okay, we're in safe hands here, this is good. And then the little boy who we saw, so there's obviously a like a revolving child cast of maybe three different ones, but we saw the boy we saw on our night, who's playing Luke, who is the lead, the lead child that the play is all about, was uh, Bertie Kaplan, and he was so good. You know, when you go and see these things like Matilda, and you just think, "Wow, like how is this child performing on the stage of this size to like this many people holding it all together?" Really? Yeah. Do you know? You're just like, "Wow." Yeah. Like to have that much 
stage presence and confidence and like clarity. You could hear everything he was saying and singing. Um, yeah, that was, he was amazing. And the grandma's played by Sally Ann Triplett, who is, you know, a West End ledge. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone knows Sally Ann Triplett. She's been in so many things and she plays the grandma and she's really good because they really sort of play up the kind of crazy Norwegian grandma she's just like she's a bit eccentric and yeah she's like smoking and... cigars she absolutely takes no crap yeah she's yeah so that's that central relationship is really good um who else have we got in this and then Catherine kingsley plays the grand high witch and we saw Catherine kingsley in dirty rotten scandals first i think and we really loved her in that do you remember oh yes does she have is she quite tall yeah she's tall and then we yeah. saw her at the many a chocolate factory in she loves me um, and she was brilliant in that. So she's the Grand High Witch. Um, who else is worth mentioning from the cast? Oh, and then the other little kid. So, you know, he meets Bruno when he goes to the... Yeah. The little boy who played Bruno was called Kane Eagle Service. Eagle Service, what an amazing surname. And he was really good. And that character's really funny. They get a lot of comedy out of Bruno because he's really precocious. And he does a big kind of tap number about how he charms older women into giving him sweets. So this is a musical, sorry. Yes, this yeah. is a this is a film musical. And the songs start off, let's just talk about the music then. The song the first song was really good. Luke's kind of I want song about how he wants to kind of grow up was catchy as well. You get to the hotel, they do a big kind of opening welcome to the hotel number, which is fun. Great choreography from Stephen Mears. This is kind of his thing, big ensemble classic musical theatre so that was all really good and then yeah the Bruno number was really funny like it you know they really amped that one up he's in like a glittery outfit doing all this sort of tap dancing and that's really funny and then we get to the bit for anyone who knows the story of when the witches all gather for their for their meeting and Luke is hiding there watching it all happen and we're introduced to the Grand High Witch but so Catherine Kingsley comes on and she doesn't have an introductory song Mm. and then during the whole meeting which is when they hatch their evil plan there was no kind of big there's sort of a chanting kind of spooky number when the witches all all reveal themselves to be witches and take off their wigs and then they kind of they rely they want to pay homage to the original Roald Dahl and they use a lot of his text because you know he uses um sort of rhyming so in the witches when they're talking about the plan it all rhymes it's almost like a sort of nursery uh yeah. Okay. It, when they're talking about the plan to turn all the children into mice, they use the text from the book, that, okay. that rhyming text, which is fine, but they failed to adapt that into a number. And I just felt that at that point in the musical, you need something. You need Catherine Kingsley to introduce herself, or she needs to close the act with a big number. Mm. And the act just closes with the two little boys being turned into the mice, and it's kind of a big dramatic, that's the end. Mm. But there was no big number. I need something f- from her. Does she not get a big number? She does in the second half, but it's kind of too too late. Like, mm. the first act needs to close with a big number. Yeah, that's kind of the standard theatre thing, isn't it? People yeah. go into the interval going, wow. Yeah, and I know they want to kind of um, make this different. I'm glad they haven't just tried to make it, you know, they haven't made it too, bl- like, bland or... You know, so it is dark, actually. It's got yeah. some, like, dark, scary bits that I did think, oh, like... but. You know, this is so maybe for kids eight and above or six and above. I don't really know. So it's scary. It's edgy. But that so the music starts well. And for me, it it then I started to be a bit like, oh, this is not. 
So Catherine Kingsley in the second half, she does have a kind of good number or a sort of um, a Miss Hannigan little girls Mm -hmm. style number about wouldn't it be great if there were no children, all the things adults could do without kids. Yeah. And that's funny. And there's some really good lyrics by Lucy Kirkwood and Dave Malloy. There's some fun lyrics like references to things like in the opening talking about, you know, in our Marks and Spencer's cardigans, like there's lots of kind of modern references that are very funny. Mm. So I liked that. I just felt toward in the second half, there's just not enough good music. There's one song called Get Up, which is like all the other children that have been turned into inanimate objects by witches in the past. They come together and sort of give a uh, sort of an inspiring song to Luke's character to kind of drive him forward to defeat the witches. Mm. And that's quite catchy. And they bring that back right at the end during the curtain calls. But it's not quite enough. That's not the sort of song you bring back for a curtain call. I needed something bigger Mm. so I think for me as I started watching this I thought oh wow this could be the next Matilda but then musically I thought okay it's not because kids listen to Matilda in the car you know what I mean it's on a lame page you've got a couple of big songs revolting children when I grow up bangers galore in Matilda yeah a little bit naughty like all those songs whereas this doesn't have that however what it does have is it's a really funny script so, like, big, big laughs. Like, really? Yeah, I'd say, if anything, it's more like a comedy play with songs. So it got some really big laughs for both kids and adults alike. If it came back next year, would you go, like, with your godchildren, for example? I think I would take people again to see it, but I'm not desperate to see it again because, for me, the music... Yeah. I, I like to see things again, to listen to the music again. Yeah. Because now I've seen all of the, like, staging... But it is really funny. So there's some really good humour in it. The hotel manager is very funny. Um, So yeah, I think I was really impressed with the script and it didn't pander to like a child audience too much with the jokes. Um, They felt like proper, well-written jokes, um, really well performed. The child cast are incredible. So the adult cast. So I think overall, I think it was a real success. How many stars would you give it? I mean, I would be tempted, even though I'm saying I didn't love the music... I didn't hate the music either, which is sometimes a win for me. Like, sometimes the music annoys me how bad it is in things like Big the Musical or other things where I'm like, this is rubbish. The music is either good or just okay. But it always, it does help move the story. I just wish there were some some numbers for Catherine Kingsley's character when she came in, a big campy, over the top, I'm here, I'm the Grand High Witch, explaining to us who she is. Mm. But I think I might still go like a four star because the staging's really professional. Um, and it sounds like it was entertaining. It was entertaining. And I think sometimes at Christmas, or not yeah. even at Christmas, just when you're going to see shows that you're taking kids to or friends to or family to, it doesn't have to be like the best thing ever, but it does need to yeah. be entertaining. Yes, and I guess, you know, the market, not everything can be Matilda. So, But for me, I'm, I've started by thinking, wow, this could transfer to the West End. But now I'm thinking more what this could do is come back to the National Theatre next Christmas and even the Christmas after that, much like the old Vic do with their Christmas Carol. That comes back every Christmas time. Mm. Maybe this is their Christmas show each year because it's good enough to be seen again, but somehow not good enough that if you put it in the West End, it would probably have a successful run, but it won't be Matilda. It won't run and run and run. Yeah. But it is It is really good. I'm just trying to think what else I just loved. I think it was just the performances. The, kid, um, the main Bruno and Luke were just... So charismatic, and Sally Ann Triplett is the grandma. Um, I just wish Catherine Kingsley had more than her one number to show off what she can do because she is very funny. Um, but yeah, very, very funny, and the funniness obviously helps with 
the scariness, because I think as a child, if you were a bit scared, what you will take away is that you were sat in a theatre full of people mostly laughing for the most part, big lots of laughs. So the atmosphere feels comedic and fun. Yeah, I really liked it. Really good. And I would recommend, if you wanted to see it, I would say do the Friday rush tickets Mm -hmm. and try and go and see it because... How long's it on for? It's only on until the 27th of January. Um, there are still some tickets available, but it is it is quite sold out. Um, when I had a look today, there was a few for like £40 and stuff. So for anyone that wants to go on a family show, I'd recommend that. But for you, I would say don't spend, you know, £40, £50. Um, do the Friday Rush. So every Friday at 1pm, you can go on the National Theatre website on the Friday Rush page and then get tickets for £10 for the following week. Um, whatever performances they have available for £10, but obviously you have to be there at 1pm ready and in the queue to get those. But yeah, I think I would really recommend it. Anyone who's going to see it, you're going to have a good time. Um, I think it's a brilliant show. It just, it didn't, for me, music's really important and it, it sadly just didn't have, it just needs maybe two really good songs. One from Catherine Kingsley when for to end act one and maybe a sort of something to end the show. Maybe the grandma and Luke as they go off to fight witches. I needed maybe a really big catchy song to like drive the end of the show home rather than a repeat reprise of mm. Get Up, which was good but not quite good enough. But it's still a really brilliant show. Um, and I'm really I was really pleasantly surprised and really glad that I went to see it. Oh good. So that was The Witches at the National Theatre in the Olivier Theatre, running there until the 27th of January. Tickets are still available. You'll probably get better availability in early jam than you will in the run-up to Christmas, obviously. Um, but yeah, I think um, Friday Rush would be your way to go and see it, Al, if you were to go. But anyone else, you can get seats for £40. The, Le- the, the Olivier Theatre has really good sight lines, so we sat to the side of the theatre at the back of the circle so the cheaper seats we could get really and yeah we couldn't see facial details super close up but we could see everything on the stage um yeah and it was really good okay so let's move on to our next play which were uh which is cold war which we have just been to see at the almeida theatre and we booked this not knowing what it was. No, um, knew it, nothing about it. It's based on a film called Cold War, which we have not seen from 2018, which I think was nominated in the sort of best foreign language category at the Academy Awards. So it did really well. But we didn't know anything about the film. We just booked it because we were booking up the Almeida season, basically. And this is directed by Rupert Gould, who's the artistic director there. So he directed the Tammy Faye musical that we sadly didn't see, but was very well received. Um... Did he do Dear England as well, Rupert Gould? Yeah, he did, which we loved. So, I mean, he's done a lot of ink. Like, he's fantastic. So that was one of the reasons. Book by Connor McPherson, who did Girl from the North Country. Yes, we like that musical. And this has music by Elvis Costello. So I wouldn't say this is a musical. What this is is a play with music because it's a play kind of about music. It's about a composer Mm -hmm. called Victor. It starts in 1949 in Poland, Soviet Poland, the they've been liberated by um, the Russians and they're now Soviet country and they are looking for um, traditional Polish folk music to put together a kind of group to sort of show Soviet, to show off Soviet culture and build a kind of authentic folk 
movement of music to kind of strengthen, I guess, the Soviet identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, make make the Soviet Union proud kind of thing. So we meet Victor and he is searching for... He's a... Yeah, he's a composer. Right, yeah. And we meet him and they're going around Poland looking for, for folk acts to bring them, like, folk songs and set up this folk group, which is where he meets a young girl called Zula. And he is sort of instantly struck with her. I mean, he's already in a in a partnership, isn't he, at the beginning? But he, yeah. he then meets Zula and, you know, is kind of... in It's sort of... I guess you call it love at first sight, mm-hmm. but this is quite a, it's a non-conventional relationship, mm-hmm. potentially maybe toxic relationship. It's not a straightforward love story. No. And obviously they both have things in their past. We learn that, you know, she has maybe had a, had a dark past, maybe some family abuse situation. He was obviously in Poland when it was occupied by the Nazis and we don't really know what he did during that time. Mm. Um, where his allegiances were, and he wants to defect to the West. And so fairly early on in the play, he he goes to the West and leaves Zula behind. And then the rest of the play spans quite a long period of time as they come in and out of each other's lives, moving across Europe in different parts of, you know, from West to East, etc. And we see their their relationship as it through these different stages, basically. Don't I really we? liked the way that we did that. I liked seeing it a few years on, mm-hmm. and then you come back, and it wasn't like any major changes. No, it, like the scenery doesn't change that much. Like the obviously the outfits changed a little, but yeah, we kind of sense it just kind of they just 50s. yeah, and they just jump back in, and you just nothing's really explained, and you're just like, oh yeah, now she's in visiting him in Poland. Now mm. they're back in this country. I really liked, and you know, now she's got a baby but it's just explained really subtly or something. Yeah. You know, I, I really like the way that they moved through time like that. And then the rest of the play, it was very, um, it's quite like naturalistic, isn't it? It's not, um, like it's quite slow moving, quite, although there's singing in it, so we should say they use traditional Polish folk songs in this. And then Elvis Costello has also written some songs because... Zula has ambitions to be a singer, so some of the songs she sings, I think those were written by Elvis Costello. But it's not really a musical, it's very much a play. And within the play, sometimes people are performing songs in a nightclub or at a concert or singing folk tunes. Mm. So it's definitely a play. And it was quite slow moving. And I will say that when we got to the end of Act One, because the relationship is not set up as like, a, you know, a beautiful love story, it's kind of a, a desperate situation with troubled people, I wasn't I didn't know how I felt about the relationship and whether I was desperate to get back in for the second half to find out what was going to happen to them. Mm. So maybe that. But then I think you got a reward in the second half because it was a complex relationship. And so I did like that it was set up more organically and not uh, melodramatically or over the top. So I guess it paid off more in the second half when those more interesting, complex dynamics came to the fore yeah it kind of had some nice poetic language like the way she described their relationship with the two mirrors yeah I thought that was interesting there's some nice writing I really like the um the acting choices as well I the direction the way that you know when you we've seen other things particularly at the Almeida I feel recently where the acting is so broad so shouty Mm -hmm. this is the opposite of that they yeah. are throwing their lines away. They're talking over each other. When she's dancing, like there's a drunken scene, you genuinely think she's sort of 
fumbling yeah. around dancing drunkardly. It's not overly mm-hmm. choreographed. That's true. And I really like that kind of theatre where you don't feel like... you. I felt like their performances, I guess you're in a small theatre as well, so it lends to it, but it was like we were watching a film. Because yes. they're, they're not having to play to like the seats right at the back. Yeah. So it just feels very natural. I really like that. And I, I liked their love story. Um, however, I did not really enjoy setting of it being in a war like the costumes well, obviously cold war yeah it's grey it's grey from the beginning to the end a lot of end. thick coats turned up collars it's soviet it's that soviet cold cold greyness so for one part do you think well you know that's the setting they've got so they've shown us that or do yeah. you think do you find a better way as a as a, a director to kind of signal this like do you know what I mean you can find other ways to do cold soviet maybe without it actually just being Grey coats, yeah. grey set. Do you find something? Mm. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I, I was feeling that. I was thinking, oh. They try with the folk numbers where they come on in the red Polish traditional outfits. Mm. Those had a bit more energy. True. Um, and when they get to Paris and there's like a jazz club, they do try and do, they have a little rock and roll number. But for the most part, it is quite bleak. Bleak is the word. So um, I would say it's a, it's a really good piece of theatre. But it, the actual story is just... I it's can't imagine bleak. it transferring. I don't think it will transfer. No, it's not that sort no. of play. But I think, like you said with the acting choices, I think so it's Anya um, Shalotra Azula. And I thought she was really good. She had kind of that fiery um, quality to her, but it wasn't over-the-top fiery. I just mean that like she had some some grit to her character, but it wasn't overperformed. And I think that Luke Thallon, who played Victor, was really, really good. He should, I'm sure he'll have like a film career because like you said, it's that really naturalistic delivery. He felt really authentic, which is not easy to do. I just, you know, the way he said lines felt really like he was saying them. And also Alex Young, who I really love. I saw her in Standing at the Sky's Edge last. Um, what was Alex? Which character was Alex in? She plays his um, partner at the beginning. T- she's helping him find the music acts and they're oh, together. She was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, so she, in her scenes right at the beginning, where the sort of music producer is talking to him, the, co- the co- composer, the way that she was just watching them and her mm. face and her reaction, her body language. That's what I was going to say. It's, yeah. an, it's, a ma- it's a sort of acting masterclass, how to act with no lines. She did it with her eyes. That's what I mean. Just it's small, very but... subtle performances yeah. and I really liked it. Yeah, it was really good acting. So it was quite bleak and I drifted off in the second half actually, which look, this ha- that happens at theatre. But there was a bit where I actually, the scene ended up feeling too slow for me and mm. I lost, because the show is, each act is an hour and ten. So it's two hours twenty plus the interval. It felt just, maybe it could have been tightened in the second half. Or something. I don't know. It just I did drift at one point. Yeah, it was a bit quiet. And then it was a bit too long of pauses and stuff. Yeah. So I'd say if you've got tickets to see Cold War, you're gonna enjoy it. It's it's a it's a fine show. The acting's really good, the singing's really nice on the song the folk songs, but I wouldn't recommend. I'm not saying anyone should go book this. I'm not like spend your money on this right now. But if this does sound like your thing, there are tickets still available and the Almeida is super affordable. So we paid 
what did we pay for our tickets? 15 or 20? So, like, we had a great, for that amount of money, like, it's such a worthwhile experience, and they still have some good affordable tickets. It runs until the 27th of January, the same as The Witches, actually, and there are good tickets available in January, and even some in the run-up to Christmas. And we sat um, row B, seats 30, 31, which are kind of on the side, in the circle. We had a really good view. There was a one or two times in the sort of side when they were at stage left I guess that we couldn't see them but it didn't matter at all it's mostly performed in the middle I never felt like we we missed out um so you can get I would recommend getting those kind of side circle tickets if you want to go um because for 20 quid yeah it's, it's great value to see these brilliant performances yeah definitely so that is Cold War on at the um Almeida Theatre until January 27th oh that that just leaves the Phantom of the Opera. So, yeah, I went to this Wednesday matinee because I thought I'm just going to go and see something. I found out... I didn't know this, actually. That's one of the reasons I haven't done that before is because tickets quite expensive. It's like a big West End tourist attraction of a show is Phantom of the Opera. So I've never been able to find, like, the cheap tickets. But they do a their own kind of um, daily rush, which I didn't know about. So you go on their website and at 10am they release their own um, day seats for £30. So a little bit more expensive than some other places. But everyone is kind of creeping up, aren't they, from that? It used to be £10 for a day <laughs> seat and now it's heading towards 30 yeah. Anyway, I got a really good seat. I was like three rows back, centre of the circle for 30 quid. I don't know how much those seats would usually cost. Maybe £80 or something. So they were really good seats. Um, what was the process for getting that? You go on the website, yeah. just on, um, just type in Phantom of the Opera day seats, and they're released at 10am every day Oh, for that day's performances. Yeah, it's really easy. And they had, they kind of, I kept looking and refreshing because a few were popping up. And yeah, I got this one for £30. And it's really good. think about 80 quid. Even more probably. It's quite an expensive. When I've looked before, I'm always like, that's way too expensive. And I'm not that desperate to see it. But for yeah. £30... Um, it was really good. Obviously, I went Wednesday matinee. It was just like absolute ancients and then tourists from all around the world, um, <laughs> which is nice. We don't go and see that many kind of like specifically touristy shows, do we? No. So this was like a whole different crowd. But yeah, it was really good. And actually, it was quite a fun show. Like I can see why people like it. Really? Yeah, I actually had I guess we've a just really been, good time. We've really turned our noses up at most Andrew Lloyd Webber musicals because they don't really I don't know, they don't really float our boat. Well, when you hear I we hear them on the main page all the time, but she plays the the title song Phantom of the Opera a lot, and that's the one that's kind of got the like synthy keys and um a bit of electric guitar in it and it just it just uh, it sounds a bit cheesy to me though dun, cheesy dun, 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 is dun. the word when i think of like cats phantom of the opera i just think cheesy cheesy cheese no 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 no. i can't and look it is a cheesy cheesy show but actually i think it's got the biggest orchestra pit in the west end and other than that kind of song that has that like electronic which makes me think of the 80s which is when it came out the rest of it is actually quite orchestral because it is all set in an opera house and you do have quite a lot of opera singing in it and it's actually there's some really nice lush orchestral stuff that I really quite enjoyed and it's like considering it's so old the staging does really hold up like Les Mis like it is impressive it's like it is big staging and considering I was thinking like this is such a long-running show is it going to feel a bit dated but it still has a really big 
like ensemble. So you get a lot of chorus. Like it feels some of these long running shows, like The Mouse Trap or something, or The Women in Black, they were long running because they kind of could keep a small cast in a small theatre. Whereas this has managed to maintain like a big, a big company. So you feel like it feels like you're kind of getting bang for your buck still. It doesn't feel dated. And yeah, I actually thought it was quite fun. I mean, yeah, some of it's super cheesy. And I think the central like conceit of, you know, it feels dated, especially with how we're used to seeing um, new perspectives in theatre now with like relationships and how women are treated and stuff. This doesn't, this is obviously very dated in that respect that she's kind of kidnapped by this mad man who treats her pretty awfully but really she kind of loves him and it's her song that can say you know all that stuff where you're like Mm. um no christine (laughs) just get out of this toxic nonsense like he deserves nothing or you know but the songs are really good and they come thick and fast because i've heard a lot of them on elaine i didn't realize how quickly in the musical you go from um like phantom of the opera into like music of the night into all i ask of you like they're all like and I've forgotten some of them. You're like, well, there are a lot of hits and they are good. Like, I, I mean, cheesy, but there are, they're good. And yeah, I liked it. The, the uh, cast were really good. I just want to know about the wigs. Well, I, so I was sat... Are they dusty? Are they look good? I actually think they look pretty good considering I was sat in the circle. So I was fairly close mm-hmm. and they didn't look janky. And again, it's set in an opera house. So it is supposed to be elaborate. So they are kind of... The wiggier wigs are supposed to be wiggy. That's true. If you know what I mean. So it doesn't feel... And the costumes are really impressive. Because sometimes like is, when you go and see... I guess I, I think mostly about like ballets and you go see like, I don't know the nutcracker or something and you think this scenery needs to be changed yeah these wigs look old yeah no this actually feels pretty most of the effects are pretty good some of this phantom when he like shoots kind of like these little fireballs from his staff or whatever those looked a little dated a little panto you know those like um little fire balls of fire that they sometimes throw like little they looked a bit, that was a bit of a dated technique whereas other things that were just more classic stagey like the chandelier coming up and down that's still really impressive and the candles all coming out of the floor and the boat in the in the smoke that all is still really effective it works really well and i kind of felt like that's what i'm in like i knew what i was going in for and it's a, and i can see why tourists love it it's basically a theme park meets a musical like you're getting Sets. It's a feast you're getting, for the eyes. Yeah, you're getting sets, you're getting costumes, you're getting big company numbers, you're getting big sweeping ballads. The story is a bit, you know, there's like one bit where he pulls back a curtain and there's like a creepy thing behind it and she faints. I'm like, what is the point of that? Other than to then he like puts her in bed and then she like wakes up and he's singing to her. And I'm like, is this just to get from one scene to the other? <laughs> like, it's just a bit kind of, okay, cool. You scared her and then she fainted. Yeah. why yeah like so the story's a bit silly oh you've made me want to go and see it now well it is good fun so i would say if you ever were like looking for if you've not seen it if you're ever just looking for like a fun show for 30 pounds if you can get the day seats it's good and you kind of have to see it it's, okay what about if somebody you... was coming to london they've never come to london before and they are thinking of spending 80 quid <sighs> I mean, I don't know. It depends. Because when I was sat there, there was all these different tourists and there was like some, like a couple in front of me, like a guy and a girl. And he, you know, not to like judge a bit by its cover, but I don't know if he looked 
like, you know, he was blokey. I wouldn't say, uh, who knows if he likes musicals or not. And I was thinking, like, will this make him like musicals more? Yeah. Because it is entertaining. It's accessible. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's closer to yeah, like a movie or like something, you know. Or is he going to think, or does this make people think like all musicals are cheesy? You know, people are like, oh, I just hate musicals. They're all cheesy. And I'm like, well, some of them are like Phantom. It's mm. kind of big and cheesy. But other things like, you know, come from a way or something that's more like a play that has a bit more theatre or something a bit more edgy. Or... I think what people don't like about musicals is when there's a song about nothing and yeah. the song doesn't get you anywhere. It's just a song about a chair. Yeah. And like how much we love chairs and we all sell chairs. It's like, that's yeah. not a... Well, this does have really good music. I think you can't get away from those melodies. They are really good. So I think, yeah, I mean, I, I would rec- I think I would recommend it. But I think also it kind of works best on a level if you like love musical theatre, but, and you just want something a bit cheesy and escapist. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought it was good. And I was, I was kind of in, I really liked, I thought the orchestra actually sounded really good. So I felt like I did actually get some nice musical moments. Um, yeah, I think I would, I mean, I would see it again. Not, not like, I'm going to see it again right now, but it's been running for 25, or 30 years even. So in five years' time, again, if I was just like, I just want to go see a big silly West End show, yeah. I would probably go see it again one day. Because okay. it's, yeah, it's kind of fun. I think, like, I'm, fun. I think you've sold it to me. Yeah. Yeah. I do, I do enjoy it. Performances were already good. No one like that I was like, wow, who are they? I've not looked anyone up for this review to tell you who they were, but the cast were all, they were all very good. So yeah, I mean, yeah, it's good. I'm just kind of like, I always just thought it would be this kind of dusty relic that's still kind of plugging away in the sort of bottom corner of the haymarket. But actually, like, I felt like I went to see a proper big West End show. I kind of imagined what people would have been like seeing it for that first time in the 80s. Like, it did feel, yeah, felt expensive still and kind of, it didn't feel old and dusty. I'll say that. It felt, I had a really good time. Okay, I'm going to go. Yeah, I think you should, like, next time you're just stuck to see something... You've already seen kind of some of most of the big West End shows. Yeah. I would recommend it. Oh my God, okay. For £30. You've totally pumped me up for this. I'm going to go. So that is everything for this episode of Theatre Club Podcast. And in our next episode, as we have mentioned before, we're going to go and see Edward Scissorhands, the big Christmas show by Matthew Bourne at Sadler's Wells. So that will be our next review. Um, and if we manage to squeeze in another show before Christmas, maybe the Drew McConey, that's one on our list mm, for Christmas, the Nutcracker. The Nutcracker. Um, so yeah, we'll see what we can we can get in. And when we go home for Christmas, we will do, we'll definitely have Edwards as a hands to, to cover. I don't suppose you've heard any gossip about Sunset Boulevard being extended or? No. No. I haven't heard anything yet. I'm just toying with the idea of going next year before it Trying finishes. Trying to go again. Yeah. Mm. Be listening to the soundtrack. Enter lo- yeah, constantly. enter the lottery, I guess. And if you win it, it's a you know. Well, that's a really good idea. So that's on Today Ticks. Yeah, the Today Ticks. You can enter. You can probably enter it via their website, although I haven't checked that. Um, but it's it's a weekly lottery. Listen to the last episode of Theatre Club Podcast. I think we definitely talk about it there. Okay. But yeah, it was so good. I would love to see that again. I think I would too. It was Sometimes good. when I see something and it's kind of a bit radical or a bit different than what I've expected. I need to see it again because I know what's coming now. Yeah. I can sit back and enjoy it more, whereas I just wasn't sure where to look. And Yeah, there's nothing worse also than in a few months' time thinking, oh, I wish I'd see seen that, that again. again. 
which is why I might go and see Guys and Dolls again. You've already seen it twice, and I think I need to see that. But that's extended, so that's good. Guys and Dolls is extending into next summer, I think. Oh, that's such a fun show. And the first time we went, we sat, and then the second time that I went, I promenaded. Yes, I'll do that. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I'll definitely do that. So that's it for us this week, and we will speak to you just before Christmas. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.